0: Welcome to Access Utah, I'm Tom Williams. President Trump has ordered Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke to conduct a review of Bears Ears and Grand Staircase Escalante National Monuments, along with many other national monuments, and to report back with recommendations. Secretary Zinke is in Utah now, consulting with various stakeholders. We're going to talk about this mandated review of national monuments today. Our guests include Josh Ewing, Executive Director of Friends of Cedar Mesa, Matt Anderson, Public Lands Policy Analyst with Southern Institute, and Willie Grayeyes, board chairman with Utah Dene Vikea. We want to hear from you. You can join us by email to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com, or by phone to 800-826-1495. We'll be talking about this throughout the hour. Hope you join us following the news.
1: All right, so can
2: you just say hey for me or whatever? It's a rainy day in Bluff, Utah. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, perfect. Um, So then we've got about a minute and 30 seconds left of news, and...
0: Can you hear me?
3: I can hear
4: you.
0: Okay, cool. Um, did you hear what I said about, like, one more minute of news,
4: and then Tom will be talking to you about how things have gone with Zinky so far? Yep. Yeah. Okay, perfect.
2: All right. Uh, could you just hold tight for a second? Uh, Tom will tell you when we're about to go. You'll hear the show. But for now, yeah, we got to turn this part off so we can hear what's going on.
0: Sure. All yeah, right, thanks. Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. President Trump has ordered Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke to conduct a review of Bears Ears and Grand Staircase Escalante National Monuments, along with many other national monuments, and report back with recommendations. Secretary Zinke is in Utah now consulting with various stakeholders. We're going to talk about this mandated review of national monuments today. Our guests will include later in the program Matt Anderson, public lands policy analyst with Southern Institute, and Willie Grayeyes, board chairman with Utah Dene Bekea. And right now we bring in Josh Ewing, executive director of Friends of Cedar Mesa. Uh, Josh Ewing, welcome to the program. Good morning, Tom. Appreciate you taking the time to be with us. important uh, visit, of course, by the Interior Secretary and important uh, things going on. Uh, We want to hear from you. You can join us by email to upraxcess at gmail.com, Upraccess at gmail.com. And uh, you can call us at 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. Get your comment in uh, early, your question in early. I'm uh, sure we'll have uh, quite a few uh, responses uh, to, the, to the, this uh, important topic. Um, so, and I guess uh, people's attitude toward the review will probably depend on uh, their attitude toward creation of the National Monuments Uh, Josh Ewing, uh, Friends of Cedar Mesa. First of all, uh, tell us about Friends of Cedar Mesa.
2: Our group is based here in Bluff, Utah. We're a local conservation nonprofit that primarily does on-the-ground work to provide stewardship to public lands here in San Juan County, and particularly the Bears Ears Monument. Uh, Everything from trail projects to stabilizing archaeological sites, uh, monitoring sites to prevent looting and damage by uneducated visitors, uh, those sort of on-the-ground activities, but of course we've been advocating for permanent protection for the Bears Ears area for the last five years. Uh,
0: what is? What are your thoughts about the uh, the President's uh, mandated review of the National Monuments on the Antiquities Act? He's going back, he wants to go back to 1996, that uh, takes us back to Grand Staircase Escalade and then forward, and of course including Bears Ears.
2: You know, I got the chance to meet with Secretary Zinke yesterday, and you know, I think he has a really tall order here, particularly as it relates to Bears Ears. Uh, to to do a, a, a legitimate, fact-based review of this internationally significant landscape in a short 45 days is a very tall order for anyone. Uh, as you likely know, the previous administration spent years learning about this landscape and providing Congress an opportunity to take action prior to the president taking action, So uh, to do all that in 45 days is is a tall order. Um, I was grateful for the opportunity to share uh, some information about the importance of the archaeology of Bears Ears with Secretary Zinke. Uh, But I think, uh, you know, it's going to be tricky for him. He's hearing a lot from one side of the equation, and it's going to take a um, a lot of listening to hear all sides, you know, how important this area is to Native American people how critical the archaeology here is for American history, and the local support that we have here on the ground in places like Bluff and all across the Navajo Nation here in Utah. I don't think he's hearing a lot about that. Um, You know, we had a very short period of time to communicate those messages to him, and he is hearing a lot um, from our congressional delegation and those that are against this monument. So uh, it's going to be a tall order, but I think he's committed to learning the facts and... uh, you know, I'm hopeful that any real fact-based review of this monument will confirm just how important it is that this place remain protected.
0: So I think we had a call. Do we still have a car- caller? Uh, so we, we dropped uh, uh, Tom vernal Call back, Tom. Uh, 800-826-1495. 800-826-1495. Uh, so uh, we're talking with Josh Ewing, Executive Director of Friends of Cedar Mesa. So you did have a chance to talk to uh, Secretary Zinke. Um... What sense do you, do you get uh, from talking to him and, and from the comments that he has made? Is he, the president, in in mandating this review? Um, I, I don't know. You you could see perhaps a thumb on the scale that he that he wants the uh, report uh, back to him to include uh, some uh, downsizing in in the scale of some of these national monuments.
2: Certainly when the executive order was announced, it was pretty clear where this was headed. Um, Anybody that watched that, you know, you wouldn't think that this is like some sort of objective review. But I do think Secretary Zinke himself really wants to get to the bottom of this. But he's starting with a a really small um, knowledge base about the area and the resources on the ground. He's going to be here for a very short period of time. And like I said, he has a lot of contact, a lot of people whispering in his ear um, what I would consider a pretty unbalanced view of the situation, and so uh, I think it's incumbent upon him and incumbent on those of us who really care about this landscape and know it well. You know, I live, I I can look outside my office window and see Bears Ears National Monument, um, and I spend almost all of my free time in the monument. You know, it, it's folks like that that hopefully will have an opportunity to have input in this process and be heard uh, over the course of this 45 days.
0: So, um, the voices heard, that seems to be a running theme, Um, uh, and uh, you you do think it's weighted toward uh, voices in opposition to the monuments?
2: Well, that's clear so far. Um, You know, even just uh, yesterday's activities and uh, who he spent most of his time with, you can just look at the itinerary and kind of see which way it's weighted. Um, you know, with that said, that doesn't mean that, uh, he won't be listening to all sides in the future, but, uh, there's a pretty clear weighting to who he's listening to right now, um, which is primarily politicians and not necessarily, uh, local people on the ground. Um, but that can change over time. And certainly, uh, he's going today up to Indian Creek and he's going to be talking to local ranchers and he's going to be talking with, uh, some folks from the Nature Conservancy, so he is hearing um, different sides of this story. It's just how much of that different side of the story he gets to hear is an uh, open question.
0: So uh, the folks there in San Juan County, um, you know, the folks on the ground there, what what are you hearing? I mean, we are we are hearing from a group called Stewards of San Juan County, from the county commissioners there, that uh, they, they're they in opposition to Bears Ears. I think it's a flawed process, and they, they believe it's, uh, you know, too many restrictions, um by the way later on we're going to talk with southern institute to give us some of that point of view but what what are you hearing what's what's the general tenor of of opinion there
2: Well it's San Juan County is pretty divided on this issue um and that nuance is being lost you know our county commissioners will say that every single person in San Juan County is against this monument you know and and when you make those sort of statements it only takes one person to make you a liar right um And that is, unfortunately, the lack of um, nuance that we've had here. The the actual fact of the matter is that there's quite a bit of difference of opinion. You have a strong base of folks in the southern part of the county where I live here in Bluff that are supportive. There are positive signs about the monument all over Bluff. Um, You know, Bluff is the gateway to Bears Ears. And all across the Navajo Nation, folks have signed postcards in support Um, Six out of seven of the Native American chapter houses uh, are supportive of Bears Ears. So there's a strong support for the monument here, but there's also strong opposition. And I would never diminish the voice of those folks who have legitimate concerns. Um, I primarily encourage them to read the proclamation, because I think if they look at the law of the land, a lot of their concerns will be diminished or if not completely um, taken care of. Uh, there's a lot of misinformation about the monument. And, you know, if I believed half of the misinformation that was out there, I'd be against the monument, too. Um, but the, the, the fact of the matter is is that there's an opportunity for us to come together and take care of this place and, and kind of get past all the political ideology and get past all of the misinformation and just get to the, the real work of taking care of this place. You know, if we really care about it, um, we're going to say, hey, visitors aren't going away without, with or without the monument. Let's work on educating those visitors and managing the visitors so they have a minimum impact. Um, let's do things on the ground that address, address real issues. Um, right now, the political environment is not allowing us to have that conversation, and that's un- an unfortunate reality from my perspective.
0: The economics of this is a very important uh, part of this, isn't it? Uh, I, I was reading a response on the Deseret News comment site to an article on, on Secretary Zinke's visit. One person um, expressed, I'm sure, what you know, some in San Juan County are, are feeling. They said, uh, we, we don't want Blanding to turn into another Moab. And they, they even added an "ooh" on the end of that, I guess, uh, to punctuate their, their point of view. Um, th- that, from their point of view, uh, you know, ramping up uh, tourism w- was not a good thing.
2: None of us who live here in San Juan County want to see uh, the sort of uh, development that's happened in Moab happen here. I think we're we're all united there. Um, but sticking your head in the sand about the fact of the international visitation to this area and the positive economics that um, visitors can have if they're properly managed, that's not a solution. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, if, if you want to make sure that more visitors come to the Bears Ears National Monument, the, the most the, what you can do is be against this monument, undo it, and have it be under lawsuits for the next four years and the controversy be in the news every day for the next four years. Um, on the other hand, if you want to have uh, a positive impact from uh, tourism, uh, that is controlled and does not change the character of our communities. You get to work and you do something about it. Um, but sticking your head in the sand, that's not going to be a solution for any in any way. Um, but the most, you know, it's very unlikely that any of these towns down here are going to become the next Moab because we don't want to be the next Moab. It's uh, and we have control of that if we act in a responsible manner toward this monument. You know, here in Bluff, we're currently working on incorporating as a town so that we can make our own decisions about um, growth and how those things happen. And uh, I think if we're proactive, we can ensure that we're not the next Moab.
0: Let's go to, I believe we have uh, Tom and Vernal uh, uh, next up. Uh, glad you called, Tom. Go ahead with your question or comment.
5: Thanks, Tom. Um, I was there last week after long absence and I asked the proprietor of the lodge where I was staying how they felt about it. And they pretty much said what Josh just said. They said, you know, there's a, a division in the community. uh... But he also went on to uh, add, but you know, I wish I'd finished that dining room that I'm building in back because there's this huge spike in people who just want a meal. But uh, the main point I wanted to make was I hear from people who are opponents uh, saying, oh, it's way too large. The act was not designed for... Uh, protecting areas on that scale, but that's not true. Uh, the record shows many huge monuments that were created. Like Death Valley was created by FDR in in 1933, and it's two million acres. It was two million acres until they upgraded it to a park. And there's many other examples of very large landscapes that were preserved. So uh, I think that's that's a red herring. The size bit. And of course, it's not just the landscape, but it's strewn with the antiquities that the Antiquities Act was designed to protect. In fact, if I understand the history correctly, the Antiquities Act started in the Four Corners region, where there are so many antiquities, and the pot hunting that was going on at that time. The loss of those antiquities was what spurred the act and gave it its its name. So if Bears Ears stands, it's going to be a really cool uh, coming full circle with the Antiquities Act to where it was born.
0: Well, thanks, Tom. Appreciate that. Uh, we'll have uh, Josh respond to, to those uh, points. That's Tom and Vernal. He called 800-826-1495. You can as well. Hope you will. Or you can email us to upraccess@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We're talking about President Trump's mandated review of national monuments. Uh, Josh Ewing, what do you think about the points that Tom made?
2: You know, Tom makes some very good points. Uh, the, the Antiquities Act was created uh, primarily to protect places just like Bears Ears, and it's it's real irony that it hasn't yet been used to protect Bears Ears until now. Um, when the fact is that many of the reports that went into the Congressional Record for the Antiquities Act mentioned the and uh, the the archaeology of this area. And the reality is is that, you know, the tribes asked for this to be 1.9 million acres. Um, the Obama administration, in listening to local concerns, in listening to the Utah delegation and governor, um, made it a much smaller monument that f- the size of it is very close to what was proposed in the public lands initiative that was brought forth by Representatives Bishop and Chaffetz. So there has already been a lot of really important archaeology, a half a million acres of important archaeology cut out of this monument um, or or never included in the monument by President Obama. And what's left in this monument is really important for American history. Um, Certainly there's more archaeological sites in the Bears Ears National Monument than any other U.S. national park or monument. Uh, likely more uh, archaeological sites in Bears Ears than all of the mighty five national parks in Utah combined. So this is a really important place to protect American history. And it won't just happen by not doing anything. We've got to work on it. We've got to work together. We can't pretend the visitors aren't coming. Um, We've got to be smart about it.
0: We're talking about President Trump's Mandated Review of National Monuments. Secretary Zinke is in Utah right now, uh, hearing from uh, various stakeholders. And we want to hear from you. The number is 800-826-1495. 800-826-1495. Um, and you can join us at access at uh, gmail.com. We have John in uh, Moab. Uh, John, uh, welcome to the program.
6: Hello. Uh, I'd, I'd like to offer a little update uh, this morning. Okay. Uh word is that uh that uh Secretary Zinke uh will be uh uh up in the uh Indian Creek slash dugout ranch area today. Uh the the word is he'll be riding horses with Heidi Red, so he's gonna be on the horse again. And uh uh there uh, uh some environmentalists in Dina Bakaya. Another folks are planning to meet at the turnoff. It's, it's the, known as the Newspaper Rock Turnoff, uh, south of Moab, at 11:30 this morning, and in hopes of uh, of uh, uh, inter- interfacing with uh, Mr. Zinke. And uh, so I just thought I'd pass that pass that uh, information along
0: okay thanks John it's an exciting times secretary is is in the area and he's he's uh, gathering uh, input uh, thanks John appreciate that all right um, so uh, uh, last question um, Josh Ewing and then we'll take a break and uh, and bring on Matt Anderson um, the uh, secretary Zinke uh, said uh, earlier in his visit in Utah he said uh, that uh, this area bears ears will be protected. What form, we don't know, he said. It was, is, and will be public land. Um, So what's the big advantage for the National Monument uh, designation? Um, Secretary Zinke, you know, it seems to indicate that even if we shrink or rescind the National Monument, this will still be public land, still be protected.
2: So the National Monument is the only practical way uh, to really, really preserve and protect this area right now. It's not the best way. It's not the only possible way, but it's the only practical way right now. Um, certainly, we would have preferred that a congressional solution um, that could have had a lot of great win-win scenarios bought into it uh, could have traded out state, state lands from within the monument uh, to, to consolidate them where energy development could happen. Um, it could have had uh, you know rock-solid, congressionally approved assurances for access, like are in the proclamation, but would have been coming from Congress. Uh, it could have done a lot of positive things for conservation, including designating wilderness. Um, but the reality is is that there were too many poison pills thrown into that bill for it to be able to garner the bipartisan support it needed to pass Congress. And uh, no one doubts con- Congress's authority to deal with this issue and to protect this landscape. Um, what we doubt is their ability to get the job done and their ability to find consensus and bipartisan bill. And uh, so, you know, my... My advice to Secretary Zinke yesterday was, you know, don't make any recommendations to the president that would leave this area unprotected, you know, hoping and praying that Congress might someday do something. Um, there is no urgency to undo this monument. Um, Secretary Zinke has control over the management planning process. He has a c- control to make sure all the bad things that people say are going to happen because of the monument don't happen. So. Um, there's no need to undo the monument uh, when there's no protection to replace it. If and when Congress was uh, able to come up with their own versions of protections for this area and put them in place, um, then if the monument went away, maybe it wouldn't be a big deal. Um, But it would be totally irresponsible to remove this monument or shrink this monument and not have in place protections to replace it. Um, that that urgency simply is not there to undo it, and there's a lot of urgency to deal with the problems that we have in the monument of of looting and and uh, visitors needing to know how to respectfully visit the area, um, resources for the area. So uh, that was my message, and, and I think that's really, if we all agree this area should be protected, we should work on actually giving it real protections and not leave it unprotected and in limbo um, for the foreseeable future, which would, would certainly happen if, if President uh, Trump undid or shrunk the monument. It would result in instant lawsuits and the area be in limbo for years, as opposed to if we do this in a smart way, um, we can continue to have the protection. And if it needs to be replaced with another form of protection, like a national conservation area uh, that was in the PLI, and then so, so be it at some point. Um, but uh, don't leave it in limbo.
0: Well, thank you very much, Josh Ewing, Executive Director, Friends of Cedar Mesa, has been with us. Uh, Appreciate your input. You bet. Have a good day. Uh, thank you. You, too. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we will be talking with Matt Anderson, Public Lands Policy Analyst with the Sutherland Institute. Later in the program, Willie Grayeyes, Board Chairman with Utah, Dene Bikaya. And we want to hear from you. You can join us. Talk about uh, President uh, Trump's mandated review of national monuments. Uh, Secretary Ryan Zinke, Interior Secretary, is in Utah right now getting input. We want your input. 800-826-1495, upraxcess at gmail.com. More following this break. <music>
4: Did you know that parental involvement in youth sports programs can strengthen family relationships? Research on the impact of parental involvement in their children's sports participation, the role of sport participation on family relationships and parent-child interaction, and the outcomes of parent support and pressure in youth and adolescent sports contexts have been highlighted in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Chicago Tribune. This research is also being used by youth sport leagues, administrators, and parents to build effective sport programs that support youth development.
0: This segment of Did You Know That has been brought to you by our members and the Emma Eccles Jones College of Education and Human Services, committed to mentoring tomorrow's educators, researchers, and clinicians, located on campuses in Logan and 26 other sites throughout Utah. Thanks for uh, joining us for Access Utah. We're talking about President Trump's uh, mandated review of national monuments. He ordered uh, Secretary Ryan Zinke to conduct a review of national monuments going back to 1996. Uh, any monument above a certain size, and uh, of course that takes us back to Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument in Utah, and uh, moves us forward to the one of the most recently created national monuments, which is Bears Ears. Of course, many other uh, national monuments are under review, uh, but these two in Utah, of course, are what uh, capture our interest most. <clears throat> And Secretary Ryan Zinke, Interior Secretary, is in Utah right now um, conducting a review of, of those particular monuments. And uh, coming up, we're going to be talking with Willie Grayeyes, board chairman of Utah, Dine Bekea. We have talked with Josh Ewing, with friends of Cedar Mesa. We bring in now Matt Anderson, public lands policy analyst with the Sutherland Institute. Matt Anderson, welcome to the program.
1: Hey, thanks for having me here.
0: Appreciate you uh, being uh, with us, and appreciate your uh, your input. By the way, uh, we'd love to have your input at upraccess at gmail.com, Upraccess at gmail.com. What do you think of this review? What do you think of the National Monuments? What about the Antiquities Act and the process, um, under which presidents uh, do have the power? Uh, some, including uh, Representative Bishop, want to uh, restrict or abolish that power that presidents have under the Antiquities Act. Um And uh, what do you think about Bears Ears and Grand Staircase Escalante National Money? What do you think should happen? You can call us at 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. Our email is upraccess at gmail.com. So, uh, Matt Anderson, uh, just uh, first of all, what what do you think of this mandated review? Positive step, negative?
1: I I think it's a wonderful thing, and I think it's long overdue. I'm, I'm actually talking to you in the foothills of the Abajo Mountains, Within the middle of the monument, and um, I'm here with uh, a variety of people, and I can tell you um, the locals that I'm with here are, are ecstatic about it. Um, unfortunately, you know, the Antiquities Act was well-intentioned, and it has a lot of great things in it. Um, just simply put, it's, it's undemocratic and it's un-American. You know, in, in, in America, we talk about collaboration and compromise and coming to the best solutions possible by, by making you know, um, sure that everyone's voices are, are heard. Unfortunately... And the Antiquities Act doesn't allow for that. And we've come to sensible solutions for policy for over 200 years in this country. And land management shouldn't be an exception. And unfortunately, it is underneath the Antiquities Act. So it's great the president's reviewing this and actually hearing local voices and having Secretary Zinke in Utah should make all Utahns proud.
0: Of course, uh, some would say, and Josh Ewing said earlier in the program, have you respond to this, uh, that uh, no one doubts Congress's authority here but Congress just has trouble acting, you know, just about on anything. And uh, certainly, the, you know, the PLI, they hold up as an example of that you just couldn't get that moved uh, through, through Congress. And uh, therefore, since these uh, lands need protection, they, they support the president's uh, unilateral action.
1: Well, you know, I, I think that's a common misconception of false narrative. Um, these lands are already protected, there's dozens and dozens of federal laws that protect these areas. And, in fact, I'd make the argument that uh, with the National Monument designation, with the stroke of a pen with the president that doesn't allow for the correct processes to be taken to produce the law, the area will actually be at risk as, as never before. Um, we know that the BLM and the U.S. Forest Service have a combined, combined uh, deferred maintenance backlog of over $6 billion. So what's going to happen is increased tourism in to the area. They can't afford to do it, and they don't have the land managers to do that. And if Congress was involved in the process, they could appropriate money for it, they can make sure that the right protections were put in place. And so, quite frankly, I don't think that um, the narrative is even right, that this is going to give added protections. I it's going to put the archaeological, cultural resources and environment at risk as never before.
0: Do you think, um, let me put this in this context, I've talked to you, the director of Southern Institute a couple of times, Boyd Matheson, uh, he's big on trying to come together, trying to, you know, uh, bridge the partisan divide, uh, which, which I agree is much needed. Uh, it sounds like um, an example that that divide uh, is, is happening right there in San Juan County. To people very much divided over how public man should be managed and, and what the designation um, uh, should be. Uh, and so how, how are we going to bridge that? How are we going to come together and agree on how, this, uh, how the land should be managed?
1: Well, I, I think the reason why people have such um, um, heated opinions about whether such vision, is also the reason we can come together. And that's because everybody cares about this area, both sides. If nobody cared about this area, um, then there wouldn't be a, the, the big fight that there is. There was a great uh, moment yesterday where I had an opportunity to uh, speak with Matt Gross with the Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance. and actually took a picture together, and Amy Joy of the Desert News reported on it. Um, it was an awesome experience to talk with them about how much we loved our public lands and the great opportunities they provide, and I think that hopefully can start the healing process and begin to allow for elevated dialogue and collaboration on these issues, um, because the simple fact is, um, regardless of what happens with the monument, no matter where we live in the state of Utah and what, whatever side we're on, we all have to live together after this thing's done. So I, I hope that we can engage, and I th- hope that our common ground of the love for land can bridge those divides.
0: Even the, some of the terms we use become loaded. Uh, for example, multiple use. There, there are trade-offs, aren't there? They, you're never going to please everybody, right? Um,
1: that, that's exactly right. You know, that, that's the point of, of um, you know, coming to compromise. you got to, um, you know, you have to give up something so that you have something else. Um, unfortunately, the, the people of San Juan County, even before this morning, have given up a lot. Um, and they've been willing to do it because they have they felt that it was right for the land. But this has just taken it a step too far. But, yeah, collaboration, compromise, it has to happen. And, and underneath the president, with a phone and a pen, there is no collaboration, and there is no compromise, and that's the issue.
0: Now, uh, some, and we heard that early in the program, some are suspicious that the review is uh, the president wants the review to come out uh, in a certain way. In other words, he wants the recommendation to recommend at least... Um, you know, reducing the size and scope of of these monuments. Uh, Do you view it that way?
1: You know, I I did hear um, the president at the press conference talk about he'd heard about Bears Ears, but as I've spent time here and, and I've been around Secretary Zinke a little bit at press conferences, he really hears that he's listening to local voices, and he's met with both sides. Um, He met with Josh Ewing yesterday um, for at least an hour. He met with some locals who gathered at the celebration. He's met with tribal leaders um, with the Navajo Nation. He's met with local Native Americans. So I don't know if that's a fair assessment, because he's really just trying to hear what local voices are. Um, I think he realizes the the negative impact that this is going to have on the county, but he's still going to listen to everybody's voices involved. But when you have Utah's entire congressional delegation, um, the state legislature, the governor, the county commissioners, and many others, of, and the elected officials that have opposed this, oh, and all of the city's, uh, city councils in San Juan County opposing it, there has to be something to that. And it's good that their voices are being heard.
0: What um, What is the negative impact, in your view, of a, a National Monument designation? What, uh, what does it take away? What's the, what's the harm?
1: Well, I think, like I said before, um, there's not going to be the protections um, for the land. The land's going to be at risk as never before. Um, there's going to be more tourists, and there's not the resources to... Um, you know, protects for that increased tourism. You also have economic impact. Um, let's look at Garfield County where um, the Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument is. You know, President Clinton promised that grazing would remain at historical levels, yet the number of grazing permits is down by a third. And you know, two summers ago Garfield County declared an economic and scholastic state of emergency. You know, sixty seven there was a sixty seven percent decrease in student enrollment at Escalante High School within the last twenty years of the monument because people can't find work. Yeah, there's tourism jobs, and it's an important part of the economy, but healthy economies are diverse economies, and making a local rural um, area completely dependent on tourism just simply isn't the answer. It's a piece of the puzzle, it's an important piece, but it's not the full answer. So there's a variety of issues. I heard uh, Grandma Betty Jones, she's a local Navajo medicine woman here, speaking extra business, and she said, I want to be able to go to Bears Ears and offer up my prayers, gather my herbs and medicines without tourists watching me. I want privacy when I practice my religious ceremonies. And so I think it's a cultural impact, too, just not an economic
0: one. Uh, A quotation from President uh, Trump's um, document, the executive order, says that monument designations can create barriers to achieving energy independence and otherwise curtail economic growth. Um, Do you think that's part of the review part of the process part of the problem as you see it from uh for a national monument designation curtailing um energy extraction of course that on the other side would be seen as a you know positive curtailment
1: yeah you know energy extraction is clearly part of it but i think what we need to remember is that energy extraction can occur simultaneously with other uses of land grazing and hiking and camping fishing and hunting and uh timber harvest can all occur on the same you know parcel of land sadly there's been a false narrative put out there that you know it has to be either a, a winner or a lose and we in the west we know that our public lands don't have to be about winners and losers and that our public lands can and quite frankly ought to be put to multiple and often complementary uses they can complement one another even you know grazing allows for um uh, hikers to climb trails, They, you know, ranchers uh, dig stock ponds, the wildlife uses for water year-round. I mean, these these multiple uses can complement each other. So it's not an either-or um, issue. It's a false choice. We can have all these things going on at the same time in the same places.
0: Right now we're talking with uh, Matt Anderson, public lands policy analyst with Southern Institute. I understand he has to get going here pretty soon. Uh, popular fellow this morning um, on various media outlets. But we do want to fit a call in, uh, I think responding to uh, Mr. Anderson, Joe in St. George is uh, is calling us. Thanks for your call, Joe.
4: Good morning. Uh, Matt, Matt, I just want to make a comment uh, concerning Matt's comment about Garfield County. Uh, now, I own a home in Garfield County and I think I know a little bit about the county. Uh, The uh, current economic situation in Garfield County is not due to the monument. The 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 current situation is due to the fact that Garfield County's industries have withered away, and not due to the monument, but simply through lack of demand. The, The forest industry there is not at all competitive with other areas. The mining is, uh, at such as coal, etc., is not currently uh, feasible due to the prices, and nobody wants coal. And this self-declared uh, falsehood of an emergency in Garfield County is basically a publicity ploy by the commissioners there to uh, try to represent the monument as the bearer of all evil, and that's not simply not the case. Uh, If they took uh, Panguitch, take a look at Panguitch, where would they be without the tourism industry? They would still be back when they were 40 years ago, uh, a very, very minor player. And they're actually doing quite well because of the tourist industry. And that is what drives Garfield County. And let's take a look at the dollars produced by tourism in Garfield County. Let's match that up with dollars produced by the livestock industry, the forestry, the mining industry, and let's see who comes out ahead. And I think, uh, Matt, you'll find that uh, actually tourism is the big draw there. Thank you very much.
0: Okay, th- uh, thanks, Joe and uh, St. George. I know uh, we'd have to let you go here pretty soon, Matt Anderson. Your response there, and then uh, the final comment. Yeah.
1: So, so, again, my response is I, I agree with what the gentleman said, and, and I, I agree, tourism in Canaan-Gartfield County is extremely important, but, again, he's painting this false narrative, that it has to be an either-or solution. There was tourism going on in Garfield and King County long before the monument ever happened. That's a fact. And so I think um, it, it's an issue that he's facing. The other thing, too, is there was a study done by Utah State University a couple of years ago talking about the uh, economic impact that's um, had on grazing the Grand Staircase and the loss to the local economy. I believe it was something like $17 million a year that they've seen with the monument. I get the tourism's there but it can happen at the same time. And so clearly there's economic loss. And again, to, to clarify, how do you explain a 67% decrease in high school enrollment? Yes, coal, the coal industry is not doing as well as it once was. I get it. But there's clearly more at play than just that. When you shut down, you know, one of the largest coal fields and clean coal fields in the entire country, this is the impact you have.
0: Matt Anderson, who is Public, policy, public Lands Policy Analyst with the Southern Institute, uh, I know we have to let you go here. Thanks so much for taking time with us.
1: Hey, thank you for your time, sir. Have a
0: good day. Thank you. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll have uh, Willie Gray, I'm board chairman with Utah Dene Bekaya, and we want to hear from you. We're talking about President Trump's mandated review of national monuments. Secretary Ryan Zinke is in Utah right now conducting a review of uh, monuments in Utah, and uh, we'd love to know what you think. Uh, should uh, What should the review uh, say? What should happen to national monuments, especially those in Utah? is the toll-free number, 800-826-1495, or you can email us to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. More following this break. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and Utah Festival in Logan, Utah, with the
4: revival of Rex, the story of Henry VIII and his obsession with producing a male heir, July 6th through August 8th. Details and tickets at utahfestival.org.
0: No matter who's in charge, one thing that never changes about the tax code is that it's complicated.
2: Every lawyer, doctor, dentist, accountant was involved in some kind of a tax shelter, movie tax shelters, alpacas, you name it. And
0: that was not something that the average person could participate in. I'm Kai Rizdal, the tax shelter for the rest of us next time on Marketplace.
2: Join us tonight at 6:30 on Utah Public Radio.
0: I'm Stephen Dubner. On the next Freakonomics Radio, the future probably isn't as scary as you think. I think that this is the
4: best time in the world ever to make something and make something happen.
2: So why are we all worrying so much about everything? That's next time on Freakonomics Radio. Join us Thursday morning at 10 on Utah Public
0: Radio. Thanks for listening to Access Utah, I'm Tom Williams, and as you know, President Trump has ordered Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke to conduct a review of Bears Ears and Grand Staircase Escalante National Monuments, along with many other national monuments around the country, and to report back with recommendations. Secretary Zinke is in Utah right now consulting with various stakeholders, and we're talking about this on the program today. What do you think of this mandated review? What do you think should be the outcome? If you were to talk to Secretary Zinke, what would your advice be? And uh, are you in favor or not in favor of the National Monuments that have been designated? President went back to 1996, which uh, includes, therefore, Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument, and uh, forward to present day, and one of the most recently designated monuments uh, is the Bears Ears National Monument, of course. You can call us at 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. Or email us to UPRAccess at gmail.com. UPRAccess at gmail.com. You have about fifteen minutes to get your uh, left in the program to get your comment or question in. We would love to hear from you. We bring in now Willie Greyes, board chairman with Utah Dene Bikea. Uh, mister Greyes, am I pronouncing the name of your organization correctly? That's perfect. Oh, okay, great. I, I'm I'm glad. <laughs> uh, tell me what Utah Dene Bakaya is.
3: Uh, Utah NEPKI is a uh, grassroots organization with all Native Americans, uh, representing the Utah San Juan County, uh, chapters. Uh, there are seven chapters on the Navajo Reservation within the state of Utah under San Juan County. So, uh, those are the, uh, the people and Grassroot people that have uh, very high uh, ancestral interests uh, to the land and the landscape of uh, the various regions.
0: Okay, uh, what what do you think of this review that President Trump uh, Trump wants once done? Is this positive or, or negative?
3: Well, I I'm sure that the uh, the uh, the understanding that I have is that the, uh, the overreach uh, uh, strategy or statement that has been made by the uh, uh, elected uh, congressional delegate from the state of Utah and other uh, supporters of to undo or change the monument has—they are the ones that uh, push in this idea to for review. Uh, I have uh, no idea as, as to what, why the, uh, the native voice is very uh, being limited to, uh, to uh, participate in this originally what was a public land initiative.
0: Uh, so do you do you think that President Obama, um, the, the process under which he uh, led up to his decision to create Bears Ears National Monument, do you believe that Native American voices were included sufficiently?
3: Um, from the grassroots, it was uh, sufficiently included, mm-hmm. but uh, we were uh trying to be obstructed uh in terms of how the process would be going so a lot of time we we had barriers on uh, the way to, to um submit this in fact this is um, our proposal was very widely accepted by the the Utah um public presentation as far as I know, sixty-three percent was in approval, as opposed to uh, uh, Mr. Bishop's uh, uh, land uh, public land initiative of legislation. So, um, it, uh,
0: I know how you feel on this one because uh, I'm looking at a quote from you, <laughs> but I, I want to I want to have you respond to this. Uh, this is Senator Hatch. Uh, he said in the Deseret News that Native Americans in Utah quote, may not understand, and quote, how National Monument designation restricts activities in uh, in Bears Ears. What, what is your response to Senator Hatch's comment?
3: Um, I guess uh, we are Native American and across the board, all public officials always trying to uh, downplay the, the Native American voice. That's the uh, strategy that they use, we are extensively understanding what the uh, the public regulation uh, that is applicable to all kinds of establishment, national park, conservation area, wilderness area, and particularly the um, the monument establishment.
0: What does what does monument status mean then to, to you to the Native American peoples? This is this is a sacred area to you, and monument status helps protect it. Is that how you see it?
3: That right now it's under protected, totally understaffed in terms of enforcement. As a result of that, in 19—2000—what, 2000, what two thousand nine. Dr. Ritt and the others were convicted of um, taking artifacts uh, as a result of that, you know, just literally tells you the story that it is understaffed under the law enforcement. So how how much can we display in terms of for the public to understand or for the elected officials to understand that? So... That demonstrates literally, clearly um, what can happen, and it has happened. Tragedy.
0: Hmm. I want to read a quote from Regina Lopez-Whiteskunk. She's a former councilwoman from Ute Mountain, a Ute uh, tribe, and and, uh, I think a former member of the Bears Ears Intertribal Coalition. This is what she says. If the Trump administration moves forward with their interests— they're taking us backward 100 years, rupturing trust once again between the federal government and the Indian people. So she's putting this in long historical context. Do you, do you agree with that?
3: Yes, I, I do agree with that. And uh, what we're trying to do is, under this plan that we have proposal and the establishment of the monument that was uh, placed, um for us and other people, uh, the, it seems like, uh, we wanted to focus on the healing process. Rather than a division, we want to have people come back together and say, let's go forward. But that's not happening on the, on the, uh, elected official uh, for the state of Utah. And this, I'm sure, only uh, is um, initiated by the state rather than other states. I don't hear it. They are in support of it, of our proposal.
0: Hmm. Do you, um, does, uh, Utah Dene are, are you able to meet with Secretary Zinke? You, is that on his agenda?
3: Well, we requested uh, on several occasions to uh, maybe have a conference with him. Um, on several occasions, letter has gone to, uh, an invitation has been extended. But nevertheless, we didn't get the chance, and uh, we were informed that we were unable to, uh, they were unable to accommodate us. So, and that's it, but I... I was uh, fortunate enough yesterday to shake his hand and thank him for uh, recognition and so forth. So Mm. um, it it was a positive uh, response from him to uh, accommodate me with a his uh, handshake and so forth. So hopefully it will uh, um, precipitate some positive. Environment and atmosphere, like today, the rain has come, so that mm. gives you an indication that it is possible to do a um, that could keep this landscape as uh, close to uh, pristine as ever.
0: Uh, some people who oppose the monument uh, say that it, uh, monument status will increase tourism. We'll just have more people overrunning these lands. Is that a worry that you have?
3: Uh-huh. Well, uh, in that case, they don't. Uh, they didn't recommend the re- uh, anything other than opposing it with that kind of concept. And I understand that uh, the management would be in place. The planning is already on the way to do it. So uh, I don't see that uh, overrun anywhere. Mm. Uh, control, uh, planning control is is being developed, uh, will be developed and will be in place. Right I... now, we don't have it.
0: Right, right.
3: As indicated by, as indicated by Senator Lee the other day on on uh, public television, that the area itself is already protected, but in concept, yes, but not literally having boots on the ground. There's only two law uh, enforcement officers that are patrolling this whole landscape. And we need more more than two. So that is some of the the, the problems that we like to see resolved.
0: Uh, let me uh, read a couple of comments that have come in by email, and you can fit a quick email in as well if you'd like to upraccess@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Right now we're talking with Willie Gray, he is board chairman of Utah, Dene Bukea, and we're talking about President Trump's mandated review of national monuments. Here is Carl. Carl says, I fully support the Bears Ears National Monument. I love southern Utah, and we need to protect more of it. I'm really appalled by Senator Hatch's comments. I think all of the government officials who oppose it are looking for kickbacks from the extraction industries. That's uh, Carl. Here is uh, George. George says As an 11 year resident of Escalante in Garfield County, I would just uh, like to say that the state of emergency, quote unquote, declared by Garfield County Commissioners, is a bogus smokescreen to create false publicity that the county is suffering. I am observing recent significant increases in visitation to town and the monument. Uh, talking in this case about Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument. At the moment, there are three new lodging facilities under construction in Escalante. I doubt this would be the situation if, in fact, there was an emergency. Lower enrollment at the high school is due to demographic changes. We have older population and family sizes are smaller today than in the past. The monument brought me to town and is driving economic growth. Entrenched deniers will not admit. Thanks for your program. That's uh, George. And uh, let's see, finally we have uh, this... Um, from Patricia in Saint George. Uh, my husband and I, I strongly favor the national monuments. One, they took nothing away from the state or local residents. The land in question always belonged to the federal government. It was not uh, just not protected adequately to preserve incredible cultural, architectural, and natural, natural treasures there. Two, Utah's national monuments and national parks bring very substantial economic benefits to the local communities and the entire state. Three, Utah's citizens, including both our Native American residents and other residents of the state, receive the greatest benefit from preserving these beautiful lands and treasures. And four opposition to these monuments is based on the desire of a small group of individuals and politicians seeking personal ag- aggrandizement uh, from property that belongs to all the citizens of Utah. That's Patricia, in Saint George. Thanks for those emails. Finally, just have a, a, a one or two minutes left, Mr. Grayeyes. Uh, what uh, what would your recommendation to uh, Secretary Zinke be? Uh, leave Bears Ears as is.
3: Totally yes. I would uh, recommend to him that the leave bears ears as was established uh, with the understanding that, with the understanding that we uh, established as the national monarch the longevity of that status would be from generation to generation where the other projects like extraction of minerals and whatnot, natural resources, they would only have short lives, maybe 20, 30, 40 years, and that's all. Then what do you turn to? So the uh, longevity and sustainability is obviously the basis for this uh, proposal to continue and remain. And I would recommend, highly recommend that he uh, consider those options.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, We have been uh, talking this part of the program with Willie Greyes, board chairman of Utah Dinebicaea. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. And uh, right. let, thank you, and bye now. Uh, let me fit uh, quickly here at the end of the program this uh, email finally from Steve in Teasdale. He says As a citizen of Wayne County, I know that we have had our own experience with the monument process when Capitol Reef was first designated as a monument and then as a national park. The economic benefits have greatly outweighed the downsides. The real problem with rural county government budgets is not monument designation. It is, well, the fact, it is with the fact that counties with large chunks of federal land, Wayne County is about 95% federal, the feds do not pay their fair share for the services that public visitation demands. The formula that the feds use to allocate revenue in lieu of taxes is based on permanent population, not on visitation public lands. In Wayne County, the Park Service provides no financial support for uh, county services such as fire, EMS, or search and rescue. If our delegation put as much effort into changing that formula as they have into rescinding monument designation, counties would have much less trouble uh, having adequate budgets. Thanks, uh, Steve and Teasdale. Keep those comments coming. UPRaccess at gmail.com. And uh, thanks for listening today. Utah Public Radio is a statewide service of Utah State University and the College of Humanities and Social Sciences. KUSR Logan, KUSK Vernal, KUSL Richfield, KUST Moab, KCEU Price, KUSUFM Logan. Also heard at upr.org.